Welcome to the Deal TV podcast. I'm Marcus Mulcahy. Our next episode features the Internet of Things Kitchen Garden Pilot Program. I guess where it started was we were running STEM opportunities for kids out of Bosch at their head office and uh, we were teaching kids around coding and robotics and this was a program I was running um, called Real-Time Learning. One of the things I wanted to see was a broader application for STEM so it wasn't just seen to be about robotics and coding but what does it actually do? And um, I was working in a school actually uh, Elizabeth Murder College and they had a farm there. They had a former student who loved working on the farm and went through and studied mechatronics at Swinburne. He came back and he he works in the school as an assistant and it was a similar sort of um, model to the one we have with real-time learning where we have undergraduates teaching students and what he was doing in the school though was setting up applications for sensors that could measure temperature, humidity, light, pH level. And whilst that was happening, at Bosch, they just formed a, a relationship with Monash, and um, they've got an AgTech launchpad, they've called it, AgTech launchpad. And um, the plan was that it was to get Monash University and Bosch to be working collaboratively on AgTech, or you know, precision agriculture. So I said to Bosch, why don't you start to build this out into schools like we see down at Elizabeth Butter College? And Bosch said uh, at the time, why don't you um, take this to Monash and see whether Monash have an interest in it? So I went over to Monash and had a chat with their director of outreach, Bern Meyer, and he was really keen on the idea. And what I think he saw was that there was an opportunity to engage kids much younger. And, you know, typically we've done a lot of outreach with kids who are already on their pathway at, say, year 10, 11 and 12. But what we had identified through our work in real-time learning, what a lot of consultant companies like, you know, PwC had identified was that we need to do STEM much earlier and right down in that primary sector. And so we talked about going down as yeah, as young as grade three and four, getting kids to engage with data so that when they were tackling or approaching STEM, it was more from a data-driven approach. What's the problem and understanding the problem first before applying the tech? I guess that's where how we've arrived at now, a program where we quickly got traction with seven schools initially and now 17 schools working in a pilot where we're working collaboratively with Monash. Bosch have an appetite to to support a learning site so that students can come and be involved in this space and see, you know, kids learning about ag tech from a very young age. So on the ground, what did the schools receive from you to actually make this program real for them? So to begin with, it's an off-the-shelf piece of equipment. So it's basically a hub um, or a tag manager, which which some people might be familiar with in terms of like a, it looks like a router. And basically it talks to sensors that are placed in the garden. One will focus on, at this stage, just temperature and humidity, and the other one temperature, light and humidity. And then it's getting readings in real time, 24-7, and those sensors are sending data via that tag manager up into the cloud, into the internet, and then the, then the school can, for free, just join up to a platform and start to monitor that data in real time. Now, this is a pilot of 17 schools. Yeah. I imagine there's a bigger plan going forward. Can you want to share some sort of, give us a picture of how you see this could play out in schools across Victoria? Yeah, so I guess 
success for us will be for every every school to be able to adopt IOTKG. It's not a standalone curriculum. It's a curriculum that can complement what's already been done in schools. So we view success as being being able to be rolled out in at least over a thousand schools. But right now, the 17 schools is about co-design, uh, working with schools that have an appetite for building a robust unit of work that will be able to be used in any school. That's why we've settled on having a good mix of Catholic, independent and government schools all on board. And, you know, cost isn't a hurdle. It's more around, you know, supporting schools with the technical um, capability and capacity to be able to deliver on this. And... Whilst we're working with those schools that are uh, that are in the 17, what we're doing is making sure that it's it's going to be able to be packaged up in a in a kit that can then be given in a in a way where schools can pick it up without as much collaboration that that's happening at this point in time. Now we're in 2019, so can you give us a bit of a timeline on things? Yeah, so we expect to have nine units of work uh, across three themes: seasonality, living things, which is like soil health and water. We'd like to have those tried and tested by the end of 2020 so that's about um, just under a year and a half away and then in 2021 we expect to be then rolling out to you know schools on on that sort of scale you know and also being able to provide this equipment at very little cost so that there's no hurdle beyond that we then see that there's going to be a lot of room for extensions into the into the realm of sustainability and all those other areas where internet of things can be translated to. Can you tell us how the program is developing at your school? Okay, so we've put in three sensors, I think. Uh, one in our garden, another one hanging up on the wall, and there's going to be one in the worm farm, so two at this stage. And the students have been able to see how we are collecting data of light, temperature, humidity in the garden beds, and they were able to even look at the graphs and figure out when it was nighttime and when it was daytime, when it was a warm day, a cold day, even when it had been raining because they would see a spike in the moisture. So, so far the kids are pretty interested in it and it's accessible to them as well. Now, I noticed in the program you've actually you've created a whole blog which showcases the, the operation. Do you want to talk about the actual blog itself? So the six teachers in our 3-4 pod will all take their students out to interact with the sensors at different times, and we're all doing it in different ways at this stage. So I introduce the sensors and the, the data that we're collecting. The teacher afterwards afterwards has done a simple lesson just on planting seeds and how the sensors can help us keep those seeds happy with keeping the moisture levels correct and pulling the seeds out in full sun and things like that. So that's where we're heading at this stage. The future, how do you see this thing playing out? Well, just in that cluster meeting, I noticed that there were two or three other schools that have viable worm farms. At, at this stage, our worm farm is good. It's probably not as healthy as we'd like. And made me realise we could tap into their data and see what parameters you need for a healthy worm farm. So we might even be able to notice that they're watering it twice, three times a week. We might notice that the temperature's different in their worm farm compared to ours, and therefore we could mimic their conditions by using their data. So that's probably where we're going to go to next. I know you've only just joined the program, but I'm really excited and sort of keen to hear how you became involved with this program. What sort of triggered your interest in this? I have my own kitchen garden at my house and love it. And I met Luke and I have a husband 
husband in um, IT and technology and I have a 23-year-old daughter who's a mechatronic engineer. And so the synergy between those three were just really exciting. And I've got a kitchen garden group at my school now, just in a lunchtime club, kids, and they love it. And I just thought, wow, this synergy is fantastic. Let's do this. So in terms of the where it's going at your school, how do you sort of see how this could play out? Well, we're really excited about having a kitchen garden. The enthusiasm from the children is incredible. But what I noticed is that a lot of them don't even know how to get their hands in the dirt and even what goes on. So um, that's the first step. But then the second step is making those correlations about, you know, we've got water that leaks out a hole where the and, and why is that happening? And why are some plants growing in, in one spot and not in another? And so I think now in our real world technology, you know, environment, making some of those correlations with these kids is incredible learning. Okay, so Corowa in the last couple of years has started moving towards teaching a lot of design-based thinking and uh, encouraging students to do real-world projects and prototype quickly and link in their learning, especially in technology, with real-world problems. So this Internet of Things kitchen garden really fits in really well with that because uh, they'll be taking data and obviously my hope is that they will then start to understand, well, if I have data, how can I use it? How can I use it to grow food more easily? How can I use it to order? automate processes so that when we leave for the summer that we come back and the garden's still alive, those sorts of things. And I think that'll really encourage students to understand data on a deeper level and also understand the power of how data can be used to improve our lives in general. One of the things that the Year 7 and 8 teachers are hoping to do is to use the data they collect to help solve a problem that they have with Year 7 and 8 kids, and that is being able to interpret data that's in a graph and then explain what it means using using words. So being able to take the information in the, in the graph and then explain what it actually means, what it's showing and what the implications of that are. And being able to do that in a real-world context is we're hoping that the students will be able to understand it a lot more than, than perhaps using a randomly generated graph that doesn't have any meaning to them. So going forward, I mean, as, you're, as a futurist, you obviously have some vision for how this could play out. Could you perhaps share sort of where this could develop? That's an interesting question. I can definitely see more students being interested in agricultural tech, because that actually is quite a large area that not a lot of people get into, but it's so important, particularly if you think about the UN's 17 goals of sustainability, feeding people is one of them. And if we don't understand how to be more sustainable around growing food to, you know, feed everyone, how else are we going to make it more livable as we continue? So this is kind of like a gateway, an entryway for students to see how they can affect the world um, using technology. Thanks for listening to the DLTV podcast. You can find all our podcasts on our website, dltv.vic.edu.au and on SoundCloud. Have a great day.